Welcome to Solo Solutions, short bite-sized episodes of the podcast which will help you create strategies to improve your physique, your mindset, your performance, your health and your business. We all know that action leads to momentum and momentum leads to big goals. These episodes are designed to give you one key tip, one key strategy to help you push through your sticking blocks and get into the best condition, mindset or business possible. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Solo Solutions. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how to manage social occasions whilst dieting, especially at the moment where the world is about to open up. It looks like the UK is going to start to relieve some of the lockdown restrictions coming into summer. So I thought this would be a really, really good time to sort of work out, okay, how are you going to sort of get back to normal without detrimenting your physique in the process? So I'm going to come up with a few strategies that's going to help you sort of auto-regulate this period of time, or if you're in a big push for a diet, how to actually damage control all your social occasions. Tip one, and this is gonna be to prioritize. We all know that one meal out is not gonna ruin your results, but if it's three, four, five, six, seven days a week where you've got something in in the diary, in the social calendar, it's gonna be much, much more tricky to get the results you're looking for, particularly if your goal is fat loss where caloric restriction is necessary. Having the ability to prioritize events, look ahead of, look what's in your diary and be able to go, this is the event that's really, really important to me that I don't want to sacrifice. That means you can, all the strategies we have later down the line, you can maybe go into buffering and all these other things with that approach because we know we're going to maybe eat a little bit more on that occasion. What's the days where I can control my intake? Can I you know, plan ahead? What strategies are I going to use for this? Is it going to be planning ahead with menus? Is it going to be sticking to low carb? Whatever that approach is, being able to prioritize events in terms of importance, in terms of how easy it is to work around things, will let you decide which of the following strategies are the things that's going to be best for you to use. So going into the strategies, the next thing I want to talk about is the art of buffering. Now, this is really, really important when you're dieting. When you're outside of dieting, it still could be useful if you find it helpful, but it, it, it's a slightly more restrictive strategy, but it's the, probably the most precise and most accurate if you're looking to push your physique further. The art of buffering means that if I'm going to be able to go out and have, let's say, an Indian takeaway on Saturday, let's say that's going to be 1,500 calories, I need to find 1,500 calories in the rest of my week. When you're looking at caloric intake, look at this as a weekly buffer, a weekly budget, rather than a daily budget. So if I can look at the week, take away 1,500 calories, maybe I take 500 calories off, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to allow a Sunday Indian takeaway. Or maybe I take 200 calories off, a longer period of time. Find out what works for you, your appetite, your schedule, and your structure to allow you to create a little bit of, um, of a window to sort of damage limitation your event. In For the clients I have on the members area, we have um, key examples of key takeaways of sort of what you would sort of expect in terms of a caloric buffer for an Indian takeaway, a Nando's, a Chinese restaurant, sushi meal, whatever else. So, But work it out plan ahead, put things into my fitness pal, Keystone, whatever you're tracking your nutrition on, and have a clear plan ahead of time about what you're going to do. The next tip is to research menus. Most menus now are online. We can see what our options are. When we see, like, there's a, Craig um, Ballantyne always says, never make important decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Now, 
if we're going into a meal incredibly hungry, this is gonna make our decision-making process a little bit more flawed. We're more likely to grab something that's quick and easy that's satiating. Um, sorry, palatable rather than satiating, sorry. So looking at menus in advance, maybe when we've just had a meal, when we're not too hungry, we can make smart decisions. And when we go into the restaurant, we can then just make our decision before we look at the menu and be influenced by how we feel in that exact moment of the day. The next strategy is then when you're looking at what to choose from that menu, I always say protein and greens first. Protein is going to be the most satiating macronutrient. It, it fills you up more. So, and it also burns more calories digesting. So it's going to help with energy expenditure as well as filling you up. And then I would also say, make sure there are some form of greens, some form of vegetables in that plate. If you have those two things first and then eat them first, that's the difference between having two or three chips in your, or an extra bowl of chips because you're just so ravenously hungry. So having those things first will fill you up and make it less likely to overeat without feeling too restricted on your diet. The next thing is if you're at a buffet. When you're at the buffet, it's very easy to go back and get more and more and more and more. And I know when I've gone to a buffet, it, I have eyes bigger than my belly almost every single time. But at the same time, buffets are for indulgence. So if you're in a really strict diet, maybe a buffet place is not the best place to go. But if you are, maybe combine the last uh, rule with the protein and greens first with a one plate rule. So whatever you decide from the buffet, it fits onto one plate and you don't go back. This will auto-regulate some form of calorie restriction. Then I would look at the portion control guide. So when we're looking at changing body composition, as you mentioned already, it's going to be really important that we control calories. If we do not have the ability to be able to track calories as accurately because we're not sure what's you know, in our meals, the first thing I'd do is maybe take a best guess and always over-exaggerate. I've done it before. I've wanted spare ribs in a restaurant. I've looked down the menu and I've tried to find the one that's the most forgiving. Like It's definitely not that 3,000 calorie portion of spare ribs. It's the 800 one. Who am I kidding? It was definitely the 3,000 calorie portion. So I would always overestimate that. But if that feels overwhelming, if that feels that you just can't, you know, it's, it's just too much and too all over the place, stick to a portion control guide of this. If you're a girl aim for one palm portion of protein, Guys, two palms portions of proteins. These are the precision nutrition guidelines. Girls aim for one thumbs of fat. Guys, two thumbs of fat. Now, this could be sauces, oils. This could be added fats like avocados and things like this. This could be what's in eggs. It could be what's in your meat. So just be aware of that. That fat intake accumulates a lot of things. One cupped hand of, veg, uh, of uh, carbohydrates and then Fill the rest of your plate with vegetables. I would recommend at least two fistful for most people. If we get that, we know we've got a balanced meal, we know we've controlled portion sizes, and we're very rarely going to have eyes bigger than our belly. The next thing is, if in doubt, keep it simple and go low carb and low fat. You know, all low fat, sorry. A lot of people demonize taking out a macronutrient, but I think sometimes when you're looking at working round meals out, making an option which you know is going to be lower carb or lower fat makes things simple to control portion size without thinking about controlling calories and portion size. So picking a salad, picking a low carb option, so a meat and a vegetable side, or picking something you know that's leaner in terms of fat content will help you control calories without thinking about controlling calories. The next thing I want to be aware of is the effects of alcohol. 
Alcohol is a macronutrient itself and it's seven calories per gram. Also, you've got to understand that most of the times when we're adding mixers into things um, and we're adding beer and cider, there's added calories from the carbohydrates and what goes into that process. So you'll probably look at anywhere between 300 to 1,000 calories per, you know, per drink, depending on what you're having. And with a bottle of wine, topping off around 600 to 800 calories. So understand that it's also all liquid. It's very, very easy to consume a lot of calories very quickly without getting any form of nutritional value or satiation from them, and that makes us more likely to overeat. That's not even including the 3 a.m. kebab and the hangar for breakfast that probably is to follow. Understand that alcohol is toxic to the body and the body will want to get rid of it, so it's going to become a primary fuel source following on from your drinking session. So if you do go on a bender, understand that the process of fat loss is going to be a little bit delayed coming out of that, so it's never ever going to be your best friend. That being said, what strategies can you use to allow you to have a few drinks and not completely derail your process? The first thing I would say is speak to you know spirits, low-calorie spirits, low-calorie mixers are always going to be your best friend for a couple of reasons. One, they're obviously low-calorie, um, but two, it's quite easy if you feel pressured into drinking and work events to be able to have a gin soda and then the next drink have a lime soda and you cut down the alcohol prescription but if your first drink was gin, so no one's going to question it. Um, that is one way to work around alcohol. The other thing is potentially set yourself a limit. And lastly, if your goal is to get as lean as possible, understand there may be a period of time where alcohol is just not going to be your best friend and you may need to take a step back from it. Now, people look at that as, as, as quite a scary thing, especially when a lot of their social lives are wrapped up around food. But understand like, Look at this in the bigger picture. Rather than looking at the Saturday night you're not drinking on, look at this as like, it's two months of life and I can get back to drinking, or three months or four months. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that much time. And often, oh, my parents own pubs. I'm, I'm a big drinker. I always have been. I play rugby most of my life. But understanding that, like, when I've cut alcohol out, I felt better. I've enjoyed my Sundays. I've got more done in terms of work, professionally, socially. There are benefits and upsides in taking a step back from it occasionally. And you'll appreciate it so much more when you do go back and have the first drink after the diet. Um, so as I said, with alcohol, if needed, go low-cal, but set a limit. And that's a few of my tips to work around social occasions. I'm sure there's many more. If you find that, if you think there is many more, if you've got any you'd like to add, please find, feel free to find me on Instagram at Kingsley Dutton. Drop me a message. I'd love to add to this in a future episode. And if you're interested in terms of whether it's coaching, whether it's the client webinars, whether it's getting this document for the takeaways, drop me a message and we can jump on a strategy call and see if I can help you in any way.